and finding out what the Bible says, right? That's the main thing. Amen. What does the Bible say? Uh, you have your opinion, I have mine, but really what matters is thus saith the Lord. And tonight, in lesson number nine, avoiding confusion, it's the topic of racism, which is huge today, of course. And uh, so we're going to be uh, uh, dealing with this biblically. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us. And oh, happy day when Jesus washed our sins away and we worship you and praise you for that day. And God, we thank you for the Holy Bible. Lord, it's a bloody book in this sense. Uh, that many people died in copying and translating the Word of God so that we can have it and we can read it. Lord, help us to learn from it. Help us to be open to the Word of God. Please speak to our hearts, and we pray, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Today we have a lot of the redefinition of terms. That's what you have today, a redefinition of terms and the manipulation of language. You know, uh, uh, one thing people have do to, do to confuse you is to change the definition of words. Amen. And that's what's happened today in our culture, and it's been done on purpose. And so uh, that's, that's, a, that's a problem. The Bible says, and I think it's true in America, in Isaiah chapter 59, it says uh, there's no judgment and no equity in this. And it says, and, and truth has fallen in the streets it's not that we can't have truth. It's not that we can't get truth. It's there, but it's stomped on. It's, it's not valued anymore. And that's where we live in. And that's the day that we exist in. It's fallen in the streets. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. There's a famine in the land, not of food, but of the words of God, Amos tells us. And it's not that they couldn't get the Bible. They had no taste for it. They had no desire for truth. And of course, that's the culture we live in today. Joseph Go Goebbels, people say Goebbels, but it's Goebbels, no R in it. Uh, the, uh, the propagandist in Nazi Germany said, if you tell a lie, and you know this, you've heard this, if you tell a lie big enough and often enough, people will eventually believe it. But he also said this, but the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie. That's true. And therefore, by extension, he says this, truth is the greatest enemy of the state. Get that. Get that. That's where we, that's where we live. Have we not been lied to? Hey, can we just be honest? We're at church, right? We get some preaching, and, and let's not get offended tonight. Hey, uh, haven't you been lied to? Haven't you been lied to about masks and Fauci and Big Pharma and the Big Haven't you been lied to a bit? Come on, let's just be honest about this. And, uh, and, and Zuckerberg and uh, uh, Dorsey, who owned Twitter, canceling people. Couldn't have the truth. It's falling in the streets and people don't want it, you see. And, and uh, the media loves to have it so. That's where we live. And we need to be people of the book. People of the book, that's where truth is. It's not out there, it's not in here, it's right here. People of the book. Racism. It's plagued societies for thousands of years. All around the world and throughout history, Satan has worked to instill prejudice and division. People have regarded others as inferior or worthless or not entitled to equal treatment. 
And friend, Christians are not immune to this sin. And so we must work to reject it and live biblically and think biblically. Three main points in our lesson. Number one, it'll be the rise of prejudice. Number two, it'll be the review of the church. Number three, it'll be the reasoning of James. Acts chapter 15 and verse 1. Certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And being brought forth on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles as a big thing. And they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And by the way, that's what ought to happen when someone gets saved. You ought to have great joy. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders. And they declared all things that God had done with them. But, then, but there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them, to command them to keep the law of Moses. And, uh, and so this is what we have. We have this discrimination, if you will, against the Gentiles and the Jews. Racism is discrimination and prejudice against people based on race or ethnicity. Racism. Today we see it in living color before us. Look at the news. The lovers of Hamas. And these terrorists who are out for the destruction of the Jews. And, 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 and there's thousands of people who rise up in the street with, with uh, the flags of uh, Palestinian flags and, and all this here. And look at in London and Paris and New York and all these other areas. It's in our streets, this racism, this uh, racism. It's in our college campuses. It's in our Congress. It's anti-Semitism. It is racism. Not condemning the rape of a woman, of women. Taking these pictures down, you know, of these people who are uh, even young kids and babies who are who are held captive, and and they're tearing their pictures down. These college-age kids who are being just. Completely, uh, their mind is gone, you know, if you will, and, and into uh, uh, blindness. Microwaving babies, decapitating people. It's racism. It's, it's, it's anti-Semitism, and you're seeing it. It's amazing what, what, the, what triggers these things, you know. Oh, I can't get into that, but wow. Anyhow. The world battles racism, oftentimes through race baiting. Our media likes to create these divisions in an already divided situation. But think about this. More Jewish people were killed on October 7th. I hear different numbers, 1,300, 1,400, 1,500. But since the Holocaust. And if you do it per capita... 
You know, cease fire, cease fire, cease fire. If you do it per capita, it's like us losing 37,000 Americans. Would you be called? Well, whatever, but we must condemn racism. We must condemn prejudice. Margaret Sanger, the evil pusher of eugenics, Hitler took this, took this information from her. But uh, Margaret Sanger, the evil pusher of eugenics and racism, she started what eventually, after World War II, became Planned Parenthood, but she had been involved much earlier. She divorces her husband and marries the tycoon who started the 3M company. She enters then great circles of wealth, finds herself around leaders of big corporations, and they fund, they've got these big foundations in which they fund and pour their money into these political slants. It's like, a, you know, like lobbyists, you know, because they put their money towards eugenics. There's the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, the Fords. They were all pumping money into eugenics, which is racism. Get the most favored race. You see, that remind you of something? Big corporations, big corporations turning on people. Does it remind you of something maybe? It's happened in the last few years. It's amazing, amazing. Early on, she also was connected with a man named Matt Baldwin. And he started the communist organization, the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties uh, universe, or, uh, organization, ACLU, um, and uh, just wicked, just anti-God wicked, that's what that is. But uh, she was a eugenicist, see, it started really from Darwin. I mean, I mean, evolution started before Darwin. Darwin, Darwin said, hey, the, the, um, the Australian, Australian aborigines, they're less than human. Certain groups in Africa are less than human. And so this started this whole eugenics thing. And she felt the greatest sin, she didn't believe in sin, as we would call sin, she says the greatest sin is for people to have babies, you know, who weren't up to her par. Evil, wicked, racist, racist. That's what's gone in our, in our country. But what's the Bible say? Go into all the world, all the world, and preach the gospel. The Lord is concerned about everybody. The Lord loves the world, you see. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Everybody's important to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no select certain group of people that are to hear the word of God and the gospel. There's not to be anybody left out. All are equally sinful and all can be equally saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Historically, the church has been diverse. Peter preached at Pentecost and, and more than a dozen different nations and about 3,000 people trust Christ to become part of the early church at Jerusalem. Multi-ethnicity. And they still continued in the apostles' doctrine and worshiped the Lord together. Amen. Because they had one foundation, Jesus Christ, you see. So number one, you're going to say, boy, it's going to take a while. It's not, it's not. Uh, but number one, 
the rise of prejudice. The rise of prejudice. One of the largest and strongest churches of the early church was the Antioch Church in Syria. It's modern-day Turkey. It was an international church. Let's look at chapter 13. Same book, please. Chapter 13, let's look at verse 1. And the Bible says, now they're in the church that was at Antioch. That's where they first were called Christians. It was meant as a derogatory term. Now they're in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. We see right here in the church's leadership, we have Barnabas, he's a Levite. We have Simeon and Lucius. They were from Africa. Cyrene is a city in northern Africa on the Mediterranean Sea where Libya is today. Manan had been brought up with Herod probably from that region. Saul was a Jewish Pharisee before his conversion. See, it's not that everybody in churches have to have everything in common culturally. But we all must be united under the power of the Holy Spirit and under the authority of the Bible. You know, it reminds me of when the Lord Jesus Christ, he called his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, right? He, he gets four fishermen, two sets of fishermen, but then he calls a couple other people. One was Matthew the publican. Now, this is a guy that would sit at the table and would collect taxes for Rome from the Jewish people. He was a Jew, right? He was a Levite. And so he would get money. He'd add a little bit for himself. He's collecting taxes uh, for the Roman government, like a sellout. But then there's another guy you read in Matthew chapter 10. It was Simon the Zealot. This guy says, I'll die for my country. I will kill for my country. Just tell me when to raise up arms. Let's go. But they both, under the authority of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, got along. This guy who at one time sold out his country, this guy who says, I will die for my country, said, listen, we're all one in Jesus. And we can get along. We can get along. That was one of the greatest, in my opinion, for me, and I don't know, every pastor I'm sure is different, but one of the greatest difficulties in the ministry is we have different people, and we're all different, different personalities, but when they don't get along in the church, the schism in the church, this one's mad at this one, that one's mad at that one, this one only stays on this side of the room because they're mad at the person on that side of the room, and that's sin, and it's wrong, and it's divisive, and, it's, and it'll hurt the church. The sin of prejudice showed up at the church of Jerusalem where the Jewish believers questioned the authenticity of the Gentiles becoming believers. So number one was the rise of prejudice, but under A, under that, from believing Pharisees. From believing Pharisees. Verse 5, we read this. There arose up a certain sect of the Pharisees which believed. They were saved. They wanted to insert the Jewish law where it didn't belong to the Gentiles here, and they were rejecting the Gentiles unless the Gentiles became Jews. They were viewing others through a cultural lens. Get this now. They were viewing others through a cultural lens rather than a biblical lens. And so we see the believing Pharisees. Under that letter B, we see toward the Gentiles. Toward the Gentiles from Antioch. 
to write that down. The racism of the Jewish Christians from Jerusalem was part of the culture they had grown up with. It was institutionalized racism. Institutionalized racism. Let's turn to Acts chapter 10. I'd like you to see this. Acts 10, please. Verse 28. The, the apostle Peter gets this vision from heaven. Remember the sheet that comes down from heaven? And uh, all these animals there that he wasn't supposed to eat, you know. And uh, he tells, eat, rise, Peter, eat, you know, as he's in, its, in this trance, you know. And, and Peter says, no, I'm not, nothing's come unclean this, you know, that I've eaten. And he says, call, don't call that unclean that's, that I call clean. Now watch this here in verse 28. And he said unto them, Ye know how that is unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me, here it is, friend, that I should not call any man common or unclean. No one is better than anyone else. Doesn't matter where they were born. Doesn't matter who our ancestors were. What color of skin they are. Or the way they were brought up. No one is better than anyone else. I mean, listen, as Italians, we may, we may you know what I mean, not if we could be Italian, Brother Anthony, but that's just the way it is, okay? But work with me a little bit. Not everybody likes tripe, okay? I don't know what to tell you. But you get the idea. Peter did take this to heart. And in Acts chapter 15, he tells the people at that council of Acts 15, hey, listen, God wants them saved just like he wants us saved. The rise of prejudice, number two, the review of the church. So what's the church say? Acts chapter 15 and verse 6. Acts 15 and verse 6. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. So what about it? Peter's seeing them saved. Paul is seeing them saved. And the Jews are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know, not, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost as he did unto us. And put no difference, I love this now, get this, no difference. That's it right there. No difference, friend. We all have an eternal soul. We all need Jesus. He died for everybody. There's no difference between us and them. I like that right there. Purifying their hearts by faith. And then they go on. Three main points under this, under number two is the review of the church. The three main points, A, the Gentiles receive the Holy Ghost. Peter shares his testimony regarding Cornelius and those that were with him and how they received the Holy Spirit. Hey, the Gentiles are not second-class citizens. Acts 15, once again, verse 11, But we believe that through the grace of the, Lord Jesus, of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. And Boy, how important it is to get your thought process right. And there was this change and there was this, uh, uh, this, 
this change in their hearts and minds that Gentiles are in. We're no different than them. And that's the way we ought to see everybody else. No difference. Gentiles receive the Holy Ghost. Let her be. Salvation is by grace alone. We believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Isn't that a blessing, man? Everyone who is saved must be saved by grace through faith. This is inconsequential to nationality, ethnicity, heritage, or anything else. No ethnic group is free from the sin nature. No people group receives salvation because of their heritage. The Bible says in Romans 3.22, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, here it is again, unto all and upon all them that believe. I love it. For there is no difference. And then it says, for all his sin comes short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. We all need Jesus. We all need to be saved. Today, what, you're judging people by the amount of melanin in the skin? That's how we're judging people. Salvation is by grace. For by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The Gentiles receive the Holy Ghost, A. Salvation by grace alone, B. Three, here we go again. There is no difference between us. Oh, you got to think that. you got to have that in your mind. Peter emphatically states that there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. Both must be saved by grace through faith. Follow me a little bit, would you? In the, pre- in the preamble of the Declaration of Independence, it says we hold these truths to be self-evident. Get it now. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. Rights cannot be taken away. We got our rights from God, not the government. They're unalienable rights because they come from the law of nature and nature's God, you see. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, friend, I think you'd agree with me. We have not always lived up to that. But it is true nonetheless. It is true as our founding document. All men are created equal. Now, I just got, I got, I read this book. I finished it maybe a couple, three weeks back. There is one political party. Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous now. There is one political party in our nation's history who promoted and fought against uh, abolishing slavery and equal rights for the African-American people. And I'm just going to say this. It's not the party of Abraham Lincoln. That's all I'm going to tell you. The book is called American Black and White. It, bang, your eyes go like this here. David Barton, look it up. Unbelievable. We have not always lived up to it, but it's true. All men are created equal. They all should have 
the ability for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And by the way, pursuit of happiness is a broader section than the private property. It used to be property. It was one of the, before they finalized the declaration, it was private property, but they wanted to do the pursuit of happiness because it's all-encompassing, you see. Acts chapter 17, would you turn there with me? Verse 26. Acts 17, 26. And the Bible says this, and hath the Lord, who's given us life, uh, who, who's given us life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness. No, that was the, that was the. So it, it says, life, breath, and all things. That's it, right there. And the Lord, who's given us life, breath, and all things, hath made of one blood. Why don't you think about that? All nations of men for to dwell on the, on the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. I want you to remember this one blood. Now I want you to think about this. There really are, biblically, no different races. There is a human race. We are all of one blood. Listen, there are different distinctions and all that. Nobody say anything. We're all one blood. We're all one blood. For all of the human race, there are different people groups, different ethnicities, but not biologically, biblically, there are not different races. Using that term strictly, because we're all of the human race. The Jews, they're saying about the Jewish people right now is that they're, they're less than human. They're Jewish pigs and they're less than human. It's terrible. It's evil. The Bible says that all have sinned, right? And all need to be saved. And all have been given God's Son as their sin bearer. There is no difference. There is no difference. The rise of prejudice, number one, we talk about that. The review of the church, number three, the reasoning of James. James is the pastor here. The reasoning of James. And this is what he says. Look at verse 13 and 14, please. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon had declared how God at the Simeon and Peter had declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. I want you to know, is talking about this a little bit, that it is important. Remember Miss Sandy? On Sunday, getting up and talking about she's going to try to be part of the school council. You know that's important for Christians, to be salt and light in the government. You know that Nehemiah was, and Joseph was, and Daniel was, and they weren't just, I'm just going to stay in my little corner. Now, they got involved. And that's important. But anyhow, in the revolutionary era, it was Puritan New England and Quaker Pennsylvania that passed legislation abolishing slavery. We learn that the first load of slaves, history tells us, sailed up the James River, James River in Virginia in 1619. And slavery at that time was introduced into America. But what we don't hear oftentimes is that slaves arrived in Massachusetts sometime after. And they, and, and they went to the pilgrims and the Puritans. And when they came ashore, 
these slave ship officers were arrested and they were imprisoned. And the kidnapped slaves were set free and sent back to their land on the colony's expense so they'd get back to their families, their homes. The religious pilgrims opposed slavery. There was a Christian politician named William Wilberforce. He encouraged by Pastor John Newton. Remember John Newton, Amazing Grace? He was a slave trader, but he was also a slave. He led the effort to abolish slavery in the British Empire. William Wilberforce had met uh, preachers such as George Whitfield and John Newton, and he, he, he turned from these influences, but eventually at 25 years old, he gets saved, but he was in the British Parliament at 21. Four years later, he gets saved. He goes to John Newton, he says, how can I invest my life for Christ? And John Newton, the pastor and, the, of course, the writer of Amazing Grace, recommend that he stay in par Parliament to abolish slavery. And that's what he did, and he accomplished it. He became a primary spokesman for the abolition of slavery, worked for the advancement of the gospel, so forth like that. So he, he stuck with it. He was maligned. He was, you know, all these things, slandered, physical attacks. But finally the vote came out, 283 to 16, in England, abolished slavery. I want you to notice the scene in heaven. Revelation 7, 9. And after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude. No man could number, get this now, of all nations, all kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. This great, diverse multitude bows to give glory to God. Isn't that awesome? In the late 1700s, there was a Christian shoe repairman in England named William Carey. He began to be burdened for the people around the world. He didn't know any missionaries. He wasn't influenced to, to be a missionary. But the Holy Spirit impressed upon him that people, without just his skin color, without just his nation, need the gospel. He left for India. He spent the next 40, 42 years of his life preaching the gospel there. When he died, thousands were saved. Churches were planted. Over 40 languages had the Bible translated. Unprejudiced, non-racist, sovereign man is souls. I want you to, I'd like you to turn here. This is a great verse. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. I, when, I, when, I, when pastor said, I'd like you to teach this, you know, and, uh, and I'm going through it. And this verse uh, came to me when I did it. And I, I want to read this verse. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Boy, I think this will help us. I'll let you get there. Second Corinthians 5.16 says this, Wherefore, as a result of the fact that Jesus died for us and were committed to Him by love, verse 16, uh, prior to that, verse 16, Wherefore, henceforth, this time forward, knowing no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more. Did you get that though? 
knowing no man after the flesh. What do you mean? You, you're, you're, you're right there with the Barnabas or, or uh, Silas. What do you mean you don't know anybody after the flesh? He saw everybody as an eternal, never-dying soul. Amen. That was his perspective. I see people as souls. I see people who need Jesus. That's how I see them. I don't see them after the flesh. I'm not seeing them physically. I'm seeing them eternally. Now, isn't that the right mindset? But wouldn't that be great if we go to the store, if we meet people at work, and this, as Pastor, I, I love the way he says, this is a, a never-dying eternal soul, something like that. He says, but never-dying eternal soul. What if we saw people that way? So this James is speaking and God is calling a people for his name and letter B, God is calling all men. All men, everywhere. And uh, the Bible says in verse 15, and to this agree the words of the prophets. He's going to go back to the scriptures like we do, as it is written, just like we ought to. After this, I'll return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen uh, down. I'll build again the ruins thereof, and I'll set it up, that the residue of men, the remainder of men, might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles, upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. He's quoting, hey, God wants the Gentiles in too, not just the Jews. Karen Watson, um, <clears throat> she, uh, she was a missionary to Iraq and she wanted to provide relief in the name of Jesus. She knew the risk. And um, Karen had been, her life had been taken there. But what she did before she left is she wrote a letter. She says, do not open this unless I die. Well, she does die. And the pastor opens the letter now at the church service for her memorial. And she said, you're only reading this if I died. Thank you to so-and-so, thank you to so-and-so, and so forth. But she said this, to obey was my objective. To suffer was expected. His glory, my reward. For the souls of men. For there is no difference, right? We will spend eternity worshiping our Savior with believers from different backgrounds, nations, languages, ethnicities, and so forth. Let me bring, a, bring this. Uh, well, let me give you letter C because you're not going to want to go home with it all not filled out, okay? You're gonna, There's a word missing. I can't sleep. Um, so letter C, God is calling us to trouble not others. God is calling us to trouble not others. And it says in verse 19, Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. Of course, division, racism, prejudice, it troubles everybody. But he, in our lesson, there's seven principles for responding to racism. I'm going to go rather quickly on this, okay? Number one, we are all one race. We discussed that. Many ethnicities and backgrounds, we may be called people groups, but he hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth. Number two, get this please. We, we looked at this a few weeks ago when I taught. We are all created in the image of God. You got to see each other that way. 
The person you look down on was made in the image of God. Jesus died for him or her. Number three, God is no respecter of persons. Romans 2.11, there is no respect of persons with God. It is true what Jackie Robinson said. He says, I'm not concerned with you liking or disliking me. All I ask is that you respect me as a human being. Jackie Robinson, great ball player. Number four, we are commanded to love our neighbor. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. How do you want to be treated? That's the way you're supposed to treat them, other people. Them meaning anybody else. Number five, we have the privilege to bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. Number six, God desires all to be saved. You remember the verse in Acts 1.8? You'll be witnesses on me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Sumeria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. All are to be saved. Number seven, we are all brethren in Christ. I'm going to just read you a verse, give you one last thought, and we'll be done. The pastor will come up. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. That's quite, the Bible speaks really clearly. I want to give you one last thought. 1 Samuel 16, 7, you don't have to turn there. But you remember the story when Samuel was going to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be the next king. And he sees all these big strapping guys and certainly, you know, and he says in verse 7, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. I'd say amen right there. And, uh, but look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. I've refused him. This great warrior, Jesse's son. Now here it is. This is awesome. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Man, that's it right there. We're all, you're tall, you're short, you're this, you're that, you're thin, you're that. And God says, what about here? Your heart is what I'm looking at. As we dismiss, what's going on in your heart? Because I'll tell you something right now. People spend, we have spent in our country billions and billions of dollars on self-help and all this, helping me look better and all that. But you know where it ought to be invested in? The soul. Our hearts. Because that's what God values. Eternal. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for the word of God. I just pray, Lord, you'd help us to see all men as eternal souls. And not look at the physical, look at the eternal. Look at as you look at. So we love you and we thank you. Lord, we thank you right now that there is no difference. 
For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, preacher. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim. Now, we're going to do what we did last week. Any questions? Any questions? I, I enjoyed the question and answer last week. Any questions? There should be no questions, right? That's pretty clear. Uh, there's one race, the human race. And uh, who are we to look upon anybody else? All of us are sinners for whom the Lord died. So our church ought to make sure, and everybody individually ought to make sure, that uh, there's never uh, an issue. Uh, people, 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 that's all it's about. And uh, go with me to Haiti sometime, and you'll realize that people are people, and uh, different situation, but their needs are the same, and they're, they're, they're looking for the same things you are. Uh, so I appreciate that. Any questions at all? Any comments at all? A couple of years ago, we, our country really got stirred up about all this. And uh, again, we go back, isn't it interesting, I was listening to Jim back there, isn't it interesting that last Sunday's message and tonight's message, how they just kind of tie together, uh, that the Lord's kind of showing us that, that that is the wrong spirit, the wrong spirit. Uh, we talked about murder, well, where does murder begin? It begins in the heart. And where does that start? When you're looking at somebody, you're making a judgment decision based on nothing more than pigmentation or uh, differences that way. So... Uh, make sure. Anybody else? Any questions at all? Any questions at all? All right, good. Uh, let's get our men, and if I can get uh, Brother Pratt's there, and uh, Dallas is here. If you have a prayer request or a prayer slip, get that turned in if you need a prayer slip. Let me give you a couple of updates just real quick. So,